Welcome back into Morning Drive, ESPN 102.5 The Game. Good to have you in here on a Tuesday. Nick Braden, D-Mays, Marquise, hour number two. 615-737-1025, the number we wrapped up the first hour of the show discussing uh, the tweet from Tajay Sharp at Jared Stillman. And we were, I think, largely defending you know Jared Stillman for you know basically saying, look, hey, I, you know, just pointing out facts and Tajay Sharp being sensitive to it and Certainly people want to chime in on it. Uh, we'll get to Tim Hasselbeck, who had some strong thoughts on Marcus Mariota. But let's get these Titans calls in, and we start with Adam first up this morning on Morning Drive. Adam, you go ahead. Hey, man, got two things. Uh, BG, I hung up a little bit too early yesterday, man. I, uh, sometimes I just want to hear what you got to say to me. So oh, I'm ready thank you. To get when I think it's time to go. But, uh, <laughs> yes, attendance did suck yesterday or uh, on Sunday. So, uh, uh, I there's one thing I was want to talk to you about, though, man. I had no idea that there is a job out there in which I could listen to you jokers for 12 hours a day and receive money for that. So I'm pretty pretty upset right now that I've never been told about this because I'm a Titans defender. So I, for sure, would see red flags to report back to the players. And I'm very, I'm, I'm very qualified, man. So I – J-Rob, you'll get me for cheap, man. If that's the thing that you do, I promise. I'll do you need passionate. benefits? Ne- do you need benefits, Adam? I would Adam? never work a day in my life, dude. I'm telling you. It'd be an amazing job. Yeah, listen, if you need benefits, though, that's the problem. They, the, 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 we only hire independent contractors. <laughs> no, that's fine, man. It'd be a side gig, man, like Uber. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate he, the call, Adam. He gets paid by the hour to, to exactly. report all every single mention of every Titans player's <laughs> name back to John Robinson. <laughs> Um, they mentioned Derrick Henry for 32 seconds in the 7:15 segment. <laughs> Didn't say anything bad about him. Mm-hmm. It was mostly positive. Uh, they talked about his hair. John at 1:13 today. Willie Donick said he was not fond of Johnu Smith. Somebody oh. said, "Pay what you owe." Don't know what that means, but uh, take it to your own interpretation. Yeah, <laughs> g- generally, um, generally us as the Titans organization, we pay the players. Um, it goes that direction. Generally, the Predators they pay the players. Normally, the players don't pay the organization. Yep. 737-1025. Tracy is next on Morning Drive. Tracy, you go ahead. Fellas, what up? Uh, I was just had a a couple of thoughts about what what you were saying earlier about Tajay, and it was quite hilarious. But but anyway, um, I definitely understand what you're saying. Of course, Tajay, you got to push to the side, especially if it's about fat. But let's not act like that. Jared is uh, the the person that understands the nuances of the game, understands how to look in depth, or understands anything about the back office. Um, really, uh, prejudice information for sure. I, I would trust Jared, but when it comes to football, especially when he starts to yell out, "Everybody sucks!" I just my mind goes numb and, and wants to explode about this guy. But, but uh, um, so yeah, I definitely understand Tajay. You know, getting a little frustrated with Jared just because when he goes on his rant saying everybody sucks without knowing anything. Uh, especially funny uh, listening to the GM laugh at the buddy. Anyway, <laughs> I just wanted to call it uh, playing on that. You guys have a good one. Oh, I love you, Tracy. I, it's so, funny how, how uh, when Jared says that in Floyd, <laughs> you can just see Floyd just sitting back and just like yeah, just laughing. It's like, I don't have any. What do you, what do you want me to say? <laughs> what, like, what do you do? What, what do you want me to say exactly. to that, Jared? What do you want me to say to that? Want me to confirm his, his, that he sucks? His voice gets all high. Stuff. Uh, Here's the, I will say this, and I've told this to Jared. I, I, I think the screaming so and so sucks all the time. I don't think that's I don't I don't think that's smart. I, I don't think that what you're doing is if you just scream Kirby Smart sucks 
and and then then he goes on to play in the national championship game the next year. You kind of look like an idiot. But here's let me let me let, let's let the audience in on a little secret here, radio secret. It's not about the opinion being right or wrong. It's about the topic being right or wrong, right? Mm-hmm. You you listen to the show because we're discussing the things that you care about. It doesn't matter if we're right or wrong about them. Like we pick games wrong all the time. Nick, Nick, how many Titans games have you picked right this year? Zero. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whether we pick games right or wrong. Our, our opinions are educated, and we work very hard to try to give you the best possible opinion. But we're going to be wrong all the time. And and so when Jared screams, someone sucks, and he's wrong about that. It, it happens just as often as it does with us. We just don't scream. He sucks into the mic. But what matters is he's talking about a topic you care about. And that's where Jared knows more about this business than almost anybody we've worked with. It's so. just, it, but it's just annoying when, you know, certain athletes or certain coaches get offended by things. Like last week, you know, I said on Tuesday, a week ago at this time, I think Vanderbilt should fire Derek Mason and move on. Derek Mason could get offended by that. He could get ticked off. He could take it in stride. He can might actually internally sit at home and say, you know, he's probably right. I'm not doing a good job. I don't know what his <laughs> I mean, thoughts his or wife- his opinion are, but I, I can't worry about what a player, yeah. a coach, or a team. I, I can't operate in a world of, oh, I, I might, I might offend this guy. Like my job is to give you an opinion. And look, Derek Mason, what happened after getting embarrassed by UNLV? He came back out and embarrassed Missouri. Yeah, no, no question. I listen. So people know, no, no egos were hurt in the making of Morning Drive. Okay, if you're if you make millions of dollars to play a sport or coach a sport or be a part of a sport, you're an administrator, you're a, you know uh, an athletic director, you're a head coach, you're a general manager, you're a, you're an athlete. This it's it's par for the course. It's it's part of the territory. You have to deal with the media. That's just the way it works. Because guess what, fans are your are your that's your business. The fans are who you are catering to, and who we care about is the fans. And, and so we're. No, no coach's ego was ever hurt by what we say on this show, right? Like, it, you I'm know, I'm not gonna say it hasn't. Well, but but my do. my point is is that if it does, that's on you, mm-hmm. right? Because our it's our our job is to call it how we see it. And so, if Derek thinks Marcus is playing bad football, or Nick thinks Derek Mason's playing coaching poor football, or I I think whatever about what like I, I have been, I think Marcus is better than Tannehill. Tann- Ryan Tannehill doesn't care, nor should he. What I have to say. The fans is who we're talking to here. We're not talking to the players. Well, Marcus loves you. Marcus sends you a Christmas basket every year. <laughs> see, see, that's where you're going to get me in trouble there, Kale. Because <laughs> then it starts to sound like I'm on, I'm on the hook. I, like you can pay for my, my, uh, my positive. You're on the pay. You're on the payroll. And I normally would say that's 100 percent incorrect. <laughs> Unless unless the zeros add up, and exactly. then then, I'm, then then you can totally. <laughs> unless there's a lot, maybe three, four, five listen, zeros behind L- that one or two. Logan Woodside, call me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll start campaigning for Logan Woodside. I, you know this this ad paid for by Logan Woodside Incorporated. All right, we will come back. One man believes Marcus Mariota is broken. You'll hear from him right after this on Morning Drive on ESPN 102.5 The Game. But first, let me tell you about my buddies at Twisted Tea. Twisted Tea right now, they've got some tremendous specials going on, and they're more than just an alternative to premium light beer. That's just a fact. And they are now considered grilling kings and queens. That's right. If you want to grill and you want to tailgate and you want to change up your tailgating experience – some of these recipes from Twisted Tea, it's kind of amazing because you never would think, oh, Twisted Tea, yeah, nice alcoholic beverage. Yeah, they've got great recipes as well. The Donut Burger with Twisted Tea Icing, if you have a sweet tooth. How about that? Twisted Tea Bacon-Wrapped Hot Dogs. If you're in the pork business, sounds pretty delicious to me. The Twisted Tea Barbecue Sauce. 
You know, some people like a dry rub. Other people prefer wet, sweet, vinegar. Yo, they got it. Twisted tea, barbecue sauce. And if you like citrus, how about the twisted tea citrus tailgate ribs? That's right. Twisted tea, no more than just an alcoholic beverage company. Twisted tea has 5% alcohol by volume with zero carbonation made with real brewed tea and a twist of lemon. It's more than just a drink. It is a tailgating experience. Back in here live on a Tuesday. It's Morning Drive. Nick Brayton, D-Mace, and Marquis. So Tim Hasselbeck, who you hear each and every week on Darren Donick and Chase, was on ESPN's NFL Live yesterday. And the NFL Live crew is beginning to look ahead to this upcoming Sunday's games, which obviously will include the Tennessee Titans and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And obviously those two teams forever linked together for the 2015 NFL Draft. Jameis Winston Marcus Mariota. One guy is still a starter, the other is not. Tim Hasselbeck was asked who he thinks of those two will be long-term solutions for their current respective teams. Let's take a listen to Timmy Hasselbeck, what he had to say about Marcus Mariota. I think it's Jameis Winston. I don't think it's close. And you mentioned a new coach being brought in. Bruce Arians was brought in to try to fix Jameis Winston. I think there was you know, kind of some belief that, that he would get it done. And even though it, he hasn't totally fixed him, there have been moments where you say, okay, hey, this looks better. You know, when you look at the, the situation in Tennessee, look, Marcus Mariota has been benched for Ryan Tannehill. I don't believe that there's a coach there that feels like he can fix Marcus Mariota, which is drastically different than the situation in Tampa. So I think there are some be- that believe that, you know, even without this drastic turnaround, that we will see Jameis Winston again as the starting quarterback in Tampa Bay. I don't really disagree with Tim Hasselbeck on Mar- the assessment of Marcus. My disagreement would be about Jameis Winston. I think Jameis Winston stinks, and I've said on this show a couple of weeks ago that I think Jameis Winston in 2020 will be a backup in the NFL. It's very possible. Here's what I would say. There's a slight difference between Arthur Smith and Bruce Arians. Yeah, a little bit. Because he mentions what he says there is, I don't think there's a coach in, in Nashville that can fix him. He's probably right. Um, but Bruce Arians probably could. <laughs> like Bruce Arians can fix anything so um, he, he's one of the greatest quarterback minds in the current NFL landscape as it stands so I would love to see what what Marcus could do with a coach like Bruce Arians so again that's not I'm not ripping on Arthur Smith here he's just a very inexperienced coach he doesn't have the chops or, or as Derek you would say the skins on the wall Bruce Arians has got skins on the wall he took the stinking Cardinals to the Super Bowl for crying out loud um, so I, I, I think you know it, it, that that's what I think we are all we've all reached the point of is if Tannehill's the guy they decide to keep in the offseason because the the price is right and they're going to try to pick a backup in the draft or get a free agent or, or bring a young guy in or whatever, then Marcus hits the open waters. And I think most of us, even if you you don't want him to start for the Titans, I think most everybody wants to see him do well. And so you mm-hmm. go, all right, where where does he where where does he fit? And I think mentally he needs a place where he can get tutored. He, he needs a place with Andy Reid or Bruce Arians, one of these guys that knows how to truly build up a quarterback because right now – I said it Monday morning, the first take out of my mouth was after the Denver game was he looks broken. Mm-hmm. He looks broken mentally. I think the biggest difference right now between Tannehill and Marcus, because how many times have we said they're basically the same player? The difference is between the ears right now. The difference for Tannehill is he's hungry, he's motivated, he's confident, and he went into the pocket and he and he slung it around. Marcus looks completely broken <laughs> mentally. He looks like he's seeing, like Darnold last night, seeing ghosts and scared of the pass rush and his body's broken. He just mentally, he looks like a totally different player than he was three years ago, and he needs somebody to fix that. I mean, I, I agree with um, Hasselbeck um, that Jameis will be the guy underneath center again for for Tampa. 
I think uh, Bruce Arians, they're looking at it from this standpoint. They're going to, this is a two year project for Bruce Arians. Um, and they might sign him to a, you know, get him, give him a, a deal, one year deal next year. Um, you know, franchise him next year. Um, but this is, I think this is a two year process for him because right now he's on pace, um, to throw more touchdowns than he's ever thrown in the NFL. But then he's probably on pace to throw more interceptions than he's thrown too. Um, you know, after six games, he has 12 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. And his best year was 16, um, 16 games played in 2016. He had 28 touchdowns and 18 so interceptions. You, you have the stats up? He yeah, throws a lot of interceptions. I'm yeah. going to guess his quarterback rating is low to mid-80s? Yeah, mid-80s. He's, he's right at 80, 85. Um, you know, but what do you think? I, bridge deal for, for I, I, think it'd be, I think it'd be a bridge deal for him, but I think what here, here's the difference between these two guys. Uh, and I'm just talking strictly on the field is that Winston is more of a gunslinger, more of a, I'm taking chances. I trust my far, arm. Yeah. I trust my arm. Him. I'm taking chances. Uh, Marcus is more, you know, more Alex Smith. Alex Smith. I'm not going to take all these chances. And it might not end up the way y'all want it, but, you know, I'm not going to take the chances that maybe I should take. Um, and, you know, Jameis, it, some days it works out for him. He's 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 the new version of, of Fitzpatrick. That's just what he is. That he can throw touchdowns in bunches, but then he can throw interceptions in bunches. And he can give you a string of games where he looks great, but then he can give you a string of games where he looks really bad. Yeah. And I think that's what he's – like you said, he he might just end up being after – if he doesn't get it right by next year, he might just end up being a career backup. But, hell, he's going to make around $15 million being a backup. Let, let, let me throw you guys a comparison and see what you think about this. And Marcus will make about $10, 12000000 being a backup right. too. So Jalen Hurts is having historically good season. We got certain NFL scouting departments suggesting that – Jalen Hurts might be the most NFL-ready quarterback of all of those, and I'm shocked to hear that because as a thrower, he never really struck me as an NFL guy at any point during his career at Alabama. And we saw in the championship game against Georgia how mentally broken he was, right? Mm. Jalen Hurts couldn't... Calvin Ridley is streaking wide open on post patterns, and Jalen Hurts will not let go of the football because he has been coached by Saban to not you ever turn the ball over, I'm going to decapitate you. Well, Saban said so, that to us that during the SEC right. media day. So he like I'm trying to. Do you guys buy the comparison that he like Jalen Hurts in that moment? He's far better player than the way he played against Georgia in the title game, mm-hmm. clearly. But he was mentally broken in that moment, and he needed someone to fix him. And guess mm-hmm. who's done it? Lincoln Riley, the mm-hmm. guy who's designing all these amazing plays for everybody. Getting, but everybody, you know, everybody in the Big Twelve is running wide open down the field. No question. Um, I'm just saying that from a but that mental does standpoint, help you build confidence. That yeah, the, you know, yeah, you got CD Lamb and these great receivers, and everybody's running wide open. But he had that at Alabama too. Yeah, but it was so yeah. ingrained in his head to not throw it in. Right. And Lincoln Riley is just just play. So, so do you see the, yeah, the I see comparison? Exactly like, what you're saying. Yeah. like I see Marcus now almost like Hertz was in that first half against Georgia, right? Mm-hmm. Where Marcus is just like mentally, he it's just gone. He can't. He sees the rush. He sees the pressure. He's he's waiting for the wide open throw. And mm-hmm. in the NFL, you can't do that. You gotta you, you've got to anticipate the openness right mm-hmm. of the receiver. And I think if Marcus finds the right situation with the right coach, he, a fresh start. 
where he can clean, where he can where he can clean sort of the palate a little bit the way Jalen Hurts did right I mean mm-hmm. and, and again Jalen Hurts actually did it in Tuscaloosa because he came back the next year as a backup and showed us against Georgia yeah. the redemption story that he he had learned how mm-hmm. to develop and how to be but it took him sitting on the bench to to become that passer and now he's with Lincoln Riley a genius of an offensive coordinator and he's going to win the Heisman because of it so but, it, like I just think there's a, a, a comparison between the two mentally where they were. You know where Marcus is today, where Jalen Hurts was in that SEC title or in that national title game. Going going into the 2015 NFL draft, virtually every general manager, if they had the first pick, would have selected Jameis Winston mm-hmm. yes. over Marcus Mariota. Mm-hmm. If they both do, let's just hypothetically forget franchise tags and bridge deals. Ooh. If they both go on the open market after five years in the pros, what do you think the ratio would be of forget good situations or where the fit would be? How many GMs out of 32 would go Marcus if they were in the market for a quarterback? How many would go that's, Winston? Uh, I'd no, say more go Marcus. I think it'd be split. I think it'd be well, close, but well, I'd say advantage be Marcus. Because Winston like, Winston brings a lot that people don't want to deal with. Yeah, they off the field. Not, not stuff, just yeah. off the field, but the interceptions. Yeah. And then but coaches there's, will, there's always but there's always that there's always those GMs and those OCs that they can say fix it, yeah. I can fix that. I can fix that. What you can't what you're gonna have a hard time fixing is is Marcus just letting it rip. Just throw it. Just I, throw I think it. That's just where throw you, it. Just that, throw it. That's the Jalen Hurts comparison, mm-hmm. right? Like, he needed a fresh start it, and a new yeah, position to kind of turn into I that. think it's easier in college because you see these guys well, running wide No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm just. And with Marcus' situation, I think NFL guys, NFL GMs or, or, or OCs say, you know, I could take that guy to throw a bunch of interceptions and I can get him not to throw interceptions. But how do you get a guy? After five years, six years, whatever, to just let it go. Well, if you, even Alex Smith, yeah, even when he had his best season with Kansas City, he st- he still wasn't the guy that let it rip. Yeah, I think there's there's always going to be a level of conservative gameplay for Marcus Mariota, mm-hmm. but I think that's partly some coaches love that. Yeah, right. No, some, you're right. And, and what, what 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 you can do with a fresh mental start and a, and a really high level offensive scheme. And, and an offensive line that blocks, you know, all of a sudden you've got a quarterback guru in Bruce Arians, for example, that, you know, you can take the guy who's conservative but protects the football and, 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 and show him where he can find open receivers and teach him. How to, I, think, I think a coach, a good coach can do both, right? You can coach out the interceptions. You can coach in the conviction. I think, if, I think a great coach can do that. What if um, at the end of the year Marcus goes to Tampa? Oh, God. Winston goes to Oakland because you know Gruden loved him. Yeah, it's true. Gruden loved him. Winston goes to Oakland, but wouldn't he be a backup then at that point? Yeah, Gruden is not sold on Derek Carr. I don't think. Well, we know they don't exactly. They see him. He made him get cry. A, he, get cried. he cried. <laughs> he cried on the field. I mean, I can't have a guy on my team that's crying <laughs> on the field. There's no crying in baseball. That's what I, quarterback I, I, Tom Hicks said. There's no crying in baseball. I would agree with you, Nick. That I think if you know, gun to your head, who. Who would sign? I think they would sign Mariota, but because a Mariota is probably a better backup. Frankly, I think he functions better as a backup. Right, not going to lose you a game. He'll come in and be conservative, take care of the ball, can run around and make plays with his legs. Whereas Winston's more of a liability. So I, I you know, off the field as well, Marcus. It'd be really interesting to see. It would who, be. Yeah. Well, and we probably who, will get who the, they would like. If, we'll probably okay, find here, out. both of them. Who do you take? Anonymous. I don't want to. Yeah. I don't know names put behind it. But which quarterback would you take? But I do think that. That even, close, even though, though I said close. what I said about you know I can change the interception, but I think a lot of it would be you know 
Marcus, not a lot, but they would look at Marcus from the standpoint of, okay, off the field, he's great. He's not yeah. going to cause any fuss if we do make him the yeah. backup. Zero risk. Exactly. Yep. Seven three seven one zero two five. Daryl's next on Morning Drive. Daryl, you go ahead. Morning, fellas. Hey, bud. Morning. Uh, hey, Braden. I think you're you're really diminishing the, the issues that uh, Marcus has and saying it's all between his uh, all between his ears. Marcus is notoriously uh, bad about uh, accuracy. I can't even get the words out of my mouth. Uh, he, he's notoriously inaccurate. He he can't put passes into a tight window. I forgot what having a pro quarterback was all about until I saw Tannehill on on Sunday putting passes into very tight windows, hitting guys on numbers. I, you know, Marcus has never done that consistently. So to say that it's all between the ears, I, I think is really downplaying it. He, you know, he's not a starting NFL quarterback. I like to get like the guy, but. Uh, you know that's all we all that's what we all have in common is we like Marcus, but he doesn't have the physical skills to be an NFL quarterback. I I think he I I think everyone is suffering from recency bias on Marcus. I think he's got the physical traits he, to be a starter. No, no one said a single word like that in his first three seasons. No one said it, and and a lot of people are tracing it back to the broken leg against Jacksonville, the no off season that following year, and then the next year he was a slightly different player. There's been all kinds of crazy coaching changes. I, I think Mar- Marcus has never been viewed, even coming out of college, Marcus was viewed as, can he play under center? You know, Does he have the arm strength? And I still think arm strength has always been something we've said on the show. Ryan Tannehill clearly has a stronger arm. There's no question about that. That's never been a debate. Um, but Marcus was a Marcus was on the cover of Sports Illustrated after the greatest debut in single season in, in rookie quarterback history when he beat... Tampa Bay, when he beat Javis Winston. I mean, he, he had the greatest turnaround in franchise history. Again, I'm not going to go through this whole... But Marcus if you want to go to a, arm strength... He was a playmaker for three years, and then he wasn't. Well, let's, let's bring up arm strength of the guy that we just saw here Sunday at Nissan Stadium. Phillip Rivers looks like he's throwing a shot put. Yeah, and Drew Brees is... He's got no arm strength. Drew Brees' arm is no longer on a rope. No. It's, it's, it's a loop. Like, Jack, Zach Mettenberger had a huge arm. Ryan Mallett has a huge arm. Doesn't mean they're good quarterbacks. I don't like want those guys. No. Like, it, so, again... I, Let's let's pump the brakes on oh what a real quarterback looks like in Ryan Tannehill after one game against a bad bad defense. It was a great game. Let's see it again. Let's see it for the season, and and then we'll go from there. But I I don't Mar- Marcus was a playmaker for this franchise for three at least three seasons, and and major injuries. I think he mentally is broken. That's just what I. That's just my opinion. I, I'm not suggesting he's ever had an arm that's comparable to Matthew Stafford. No one's ever said that. Like I certainly haven't. Um, but he, he, he won games and he made plays. And he re- brought the franchise back to relevancy along with a lot of other things. And, we, and everybody should love him for it. And it still doesn't mean that he's not – like he still could be bad right now today and also have been good then. You know, like Der- Derrick – it's the same thing with Derrick Henry. The first half of the season last year, Derrick Henry wasn't good. And it was some of it was on Derrick Henry. And then Derrick Henry was great because Derrick Henry turned his game around and looked in the mirror and said, I'm garbage, and then got better. And, and so – just because things are different today doesn't mean they weren't the way they were then. I don't, I don't know. Coming up next, history. top four Tuesday in college football. Not to be confused with Taco Tuesday. That's what LeBron James does on social media. We will get to the college football top four playoff. If it started today, who would we have and in what order? We're back after this on Morning Drive. Welcome back into Morning Drive, ESPN 102.5 The Game. Nick Braden, D-Mace, Marquis, Top 4 Tuesday here on the show where we give you our Top 4 in the world of college football. Can I say it like LeBron? 
You want to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Top four Tuesday. <laughs> my daughter's uh, my my daughter's daycare also has Taco Tuesday, and I asked my three year old. Uh, Marin goes, "Yeah, it's Taco Tuesday, Dad." And she was going to bed last night, and she said, Taco Tuesday, Taco Tuesday. I said, "What does that mean?" <laughs> what does that mean? Like, I go, do you have tacos for lunch? She goes, no. I go, well, what does Taco Tuesday mean then? If you don't have tacos, then why <laughs> what's the point? Even the little kids have picked up on this now. Like, and I and my daughters have said the same thing, and they almost have it in the same delivery as LeBron uh-huh. James. And my daughter doesn't know who LeBron James is. That, that's yeah. how do they get that? I, I just told Olivia when she did it a couple of weeks ago. I go, honey, tacos are great on Wednesday. They're great. <laughs> we'll have tacos any night you want. Dude, tacos, it doesn't have to be just Tuesday. To make? Give me yeah, f- fish taco every day. I'm, oh, I'm good with that. Now, he tried to trademark it. They wouldn't let him. But do that's it. what I'm wondering. Like my da- the people that run my daycare are wonderful, amazing people. But like they are not following LeBron James on Instagram. I'm no, pretty sure. No, really. So how did they? How has Taco know. Tuesday been? Has that just been a thing before LeBron started it? I think he just took it to another level. He yeah, took it to another, the people have been Taco yeah. Tuesday has been a thing, but he kind of. We used to have taco boats in school on Tuesday. Yeah, back in the nineties. So she's like, it's, and he tried to trade market. They wouldn't let him trade market. So Taco know. Tuesday, De- uh, Mary, what does that mean? I hey, don't we know. got a we got a huge <laughs> game tonight, though. We do, yeah. yeah Prince, huge game tonight, man. Yeah. That's correct. Yeah, Prince only only yeah. like seventy five more to go. Yeah, exactly. Prince seventy five more to go, but Prince, we, we're we're gonna have hey, a, a little conversation. The Ducks I'm, are legit, man. I'm gonna yeah, put you yeah, guys yeah. to I the like test uh-huh. coming up in a little bit. We're gonna have a a Ryan <laughs> Tannehill Kyle Turris conversation. Oh, this is this is advanced metric radio. Ah, <laughs> wait till you hear this. I I'm gonna like blow that. some heads away with this. I one. like that. Uh, but boys, uh, I made a big change. Ooh. I am no longer wearing a bathing suit. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> college football top four for me. Uh, Saturday night, this has nothing to do with Tua. Mm-hmm. This is more to do, and Derek Mason, I'm going to appease you. I have oh, dropped. No. Go from four to one. You guys Go are, from four so to this one. is not about Tua? This is not about Tua. It's not about Tua. I have dropped Alabama from yeah, one man. to three. Ooh. My top four, number one, LSU, number two, Ohio State, number three, Alabama, Number four, Clemson. I think right now, those are good four. That is mm-hmm. the order. And and just just for the sake of enjoyment, because mm-hmm. we've argued a lot on the show the last nine months. We just don't continue to just, do that. Just right, I know. Just, and by the way, Joe Burrow's my leader for the Heisman. But for a moment, mm-hmm. let's just enjoy what those matchups would be. Ooh. Let's enjoy LSU Clemson in a semifinal. Just mm-hmm. think about that. Now let your mind wander to the night, the nightcap, Ohio State Alabama. Just let your mind wander to those two games and what What'd that you, Saturday well, would feel like. What do you like. think the over-under in both of those games would 150. be like? <laughs> but like just, just let your mind wander to LSU Clemson on a neutral field for the right to play for a national championship. Mm. Oh, hell yeah. Sign but, me up. But of those, Bama, of those four, oh. though, of LSU, Ohio State, Bama, Clemson, I need probably Ohio State to lose and fall out or LSU because I need to have a Jalen Hurts – to a tongue of Aloha playoff. Hmm, that would Oklahoma's be. five for me. But yeah, that would Oklahoma's, be Oklahoma's five for me as well. Defense is still the outlier. They, they still don't. Their defense is as good as they've had in a long time. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if it holds up in a championship setting, so we'll find out about that. Uh, number number one for me, Alabama. Number two for me, Clemson. Haven't changed. Number three, LSU. Number four, Ohio State. Got the same four teams in the same order. Technically, have the same two matchups uh, in the two games there. Uh, you know what? Y'all all, uh, listen, I'm going to join the Roy bus with Clemson. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be on the Roy bus here, 22 straight. They're winning by 35 a weekend. 
you, okay, you can you can whine about two interceptions for Trevor Lawrence. I'll still take the best player in America on the defending national champions that haven't lost in over a year, who are beating people by 35 points. Y'all go ahead and put Clemson on the Roy bus at your own risk. Mm-hmm. At your own risk, put Clemson on the Roy bus now. All did, right? did you know I, Trevor Lawrence leads the Atlantic Coast Conference in interceptions? I'm not surprised. Dabble's a little ticked off, too. That, you, I'm telling yeah, y'all. Dabble's you, a little ticked off you don't, because of that. You don't want to play Clemson ticked off. You don't. Just like Alabama. Ta- ticked off because he's throwing those in, interceptions. He's a little ticked off. Uh, I, here, here's the other thing. Ryan Day, Coach O, completely unproven in championship settings. Mm-hmm. Completely unproven. Well, for me, uh, mine has changed because obviously Wisconsin lost. And that threw a monkey wrench because I had two Big Ten. I think I had two Big Ten teams Hi. in the top four. My name is Brady. Um, and I'm a Wisconsin yeah. fan. <laughs> um, so for me right now, um, LSU sits at one. Um, Ohio State at two. Um, Bama at three. Uh, as a matter of fact, no, because uh, I changed it. Uh, Oklahoma at three. Alabama's four. Clemson's right outside at five. Um, to me, the Tua thing is gonna is gonna is so fascinating. It, but but to me, it doesn't really have. I don't think for me, it has anything to do with 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 Tua. I just think right now. I mean, if they played um, right now, Bama would not be favored. I don't think against yeah. many of those teams. I think right now, without, Ohio without State Tua. to me has proven they are the number one team in the country. Uh, LSU, what they've been able to do, what Joe Burrow have Burrow's have has been able to do. To me, they're number uh, they're number two in the country. That's fair. Uh, Oklahoma, I mean. You you can't you can't argue what Oklahoma um, has been able um, um, to do thus far, and then Alabama, they just uh, that that Tua thing. If he doesn't come back fully healthy, that could really bite them because they're. I mean, Auburn's going to be a tough out for them. LSU's going to yep. be a tough out, yep. and he if he's not back fully healthy, they're not running the ball good. They're not playing the Alabama defense. It's going to be tough. You know what really scares me as a Bama fan? Mm-hmm. And I'm being objective. I know Trayvon Diggs and Sertan are really highly touted corners, mm-hmm. but I think Chase and Jefferson will eat them alive. I think well, so, too. CeeDee Lamb torched Patrick Sertan last year in, in the playoff mm-hmm. game. But he was a true freshman, yeah. and he's better now. I, I mean, listen, I, right now, LSU would be favored. If they played today, mm-hmm. I think LSU would be favored. Clemson would be favored. If, with, if Tua's not playing... Uh, every one of these teams, I think, would be favored over over, except for maybe Oklahoma. I think now, Ohio, it could Ohio State would be favored for me this week. Well, yeah, this week with um, no Penn State. When do Penn State and Ohio State play? It's a couple weeks two, from now. Couple, but Wisconsin yeah, goes to Ohio, to Ohio State, State, State to the this horseshoe, week. So. I don't think. I think Ohio State. After what I've seen, uh, all I these, just think Ohio State's going to beat them. All five of these teams have played largely similar schedules. They're mm-hmm. all ranked between thirty. Like I think Ohio State is like the thirty-second best strength of schedule, and like. You know, Alabama's like at 52. So basically, they've all sort of played largely a similar schedule. None of them have played their biggest games. Okay. Except Oklahoma's played Texas, but Texas's defense is atrocious. They okay. almost lost to Kansas this week. Based upon, you know that is based upon college rankings, and, and I'm going to ask you guys this question, because uh, they have Alabama, LSU, Ohio State, and Clemson as their top four. Um, based upon these rankings, Oklahoma, Penn State, Florida, Notre Dame, and Auburn, Georgia – which one you think would be – which one would you pick? Which team would you pick or two teams would you pick that has the best shot at jumping inside of the top four? And what are the options again? Because you mentioned a few uh, oh one-loss yeah, the op- teams. The options is right now – I'm going to take Oklahoma out because okay. they're 7-0. There, there is a clear uh, top five. Yeah, but Penn State, Florida, 
um, Notre Dame, Georgia, and Auburn. It's got to uh, be Penn State, right? Uh, if you're yeah. asking me of those teams right now, if I would say teams to pick. on a neutral field, I think Georgia would be favored over all of them. Mm-hmm. I would agree with that. Even um, on the floor, do you think? The yeah, way they, well, they will literally play on a neutral field yeah, in like right. two weeks, so we'll find out what the line is. In fact, may, can, we, can we get a futures line on that? Maybe, I don't know, mm-hmm. check out what that looks like. Are we like. allowed to call it the, uh, the cocktail party, or is that now I, listen, forbidden in 2019? I, I, I call it the world's largest outdoor cocktail party and the Red River shootout. I don't care. Because you, Even you Auburn, PC the way need to Auburn's get playing? The problem is their offense. Like, so if yeah. you look at Oklahoma and you go, all right, why is Oklahoma? What, what's the, what we do is we take all these great teams and we nitpick them, right? Uh-huh. If you nitpick Oklahoma, you're going to nitpick the fact that their defense has never played in a championship setting – and one. Auburn, you're going to look at Auburn and you're going to go, the offensive line and the quarterback and, and the diversity of the Gus Malzahn offense, while it occasionally shows up and looks like an old Gus Malzahn offense, from an efficiency standpoint, Auburn's offense is the glaring weakness. Now, they've played the toughest schedule of any of these teams, mm-hmm. and they're going to go on the road to LSU this weekend. So I think Auburn's going to you know, Auburn will work itself into the championship or out of the championship, because they've still got to play LSU and Bama and Georgia, which is just insane. Yeah. Georgia is going to work itself back into the conversation because they have they have Florida A and M and Auburn, mm-hmm. all three of which would be huge quality wins for them. They win. Florida's good, can work its way back into the conversation if they beat Georgia. So uh, Penn State's the intriguing one because they've already beaten Michigan. They mm-hmm. don't play Wisconsin. They will have to play. Get this seven and zero Minnesota a little bit later on this year. Mm-hmm. But really, they've got to play Ohio State. And if they beat Ohio State, then then they will have proven themselves. You know. Penn State has the most upside, but they're also very young. Georgia, I think you're right, Nick, would be the team that would be favored, but they're not playing their best football right now. They didn't show up for the first half against Kentucky no, this past didn't. week. You're right. That, they looked that like was, they were going to lose that game. That's a muddy – that was a you know bad weather. They ran the ball really well. Their defense – but you look at Georgia's defensive metrics right now, they are basically the best defense in the SEC by every margin, by every statistical measure, and that's not something I think people would assume – um, now it helps when you play Kentucky with a, with a wide receiver at quarterback. You know, <laughs> did I see it correctly? Jake Fromm threw for thirty five yards. Thirty five yards passing. Now, yeah, he, he, I'm done with him. It was he, a it was he, a monsoon, yeah. but I'm I'm out of the Jake Fromm. Business. You also had Jake Fromm is better than Marcus Mariota a couple weeks. ago. I'm in the Burrow business now. <laughs> Joe Burrow, come on down until you disappoint me, I, and then I'll find somebody new. I'm not sure there's a quarterback in this draft that I am a hundred percent sold on. Like, there's nobody that I would go on Deshaun Watson Island with, right? Not even Tua. Like, I don't even think Tua right now. I think okay. he would be the best, but of this group, I see a lot of really good college quarterbacks, elite college quarterbacks. I'm not sure I see a game-changing NFL quarterback. Justin Herbert, I don't see game-changing NFL quarterback when I see him. Jalen Hurts might be the one that actually creeps up the, the board, and I, you know, he's a guy that I never would have thought I would say that about, because I thought he was all, almost always a runner, and he is... He is getting better as a passer every single year. Programming reminder tonight, the Predators take on the Anaheim Ducks. Puck drop at 7 quack, o'clock. Quack, quack, quack. Pre-game at 6 o'clock here on 102.5. The game, Anaheim 6-3 and three on the year with 9 points. We'll see if we get a bounce-back effort from the Preds. A couple of lackluster performances against subpar teams. But against the good teams, you know, they typically show up. We'll talk about that coming up in a little bit, including a Tannehill versus Tourist discussion mm. that popped into my head last oh. night. I was like, all right, I'm going to put people to the test. I've never been more excited about anything we'll do in my that entire life. Coming up at 8 o'clock. But one thing we got to get to when we come back, uh, speaking of college football, a story regarding the Clemson Tigers that I know we have opinions on. Yeah. Back after this on Morning Drive. Mm-hmm. 
7.51, it's Morning Drive here on a Tuesday edition of the show. Good to have you in. Nick Braden, D-Mace, Marquise. Casey Alexander, head coach at Belmont, will join us coming up at 8.30. Chris Mason, Preds TV analyst at 9.30. Uh, we will get to a Ryan Tannehill-Kyle Turris conversation coming up in about 10 minutes. Uh, but Marquise saw this story yesterday, and it's pretty interesting. Uh, he sent us this from the USA Today. The headline is, Clemson player rides a bus home instead of plane after ejection for throwing punch against Louisville. Uh, so let's get into this conversation a little bit because uh, this happened on Saturday, mm-hmm. and Dabo Sweeney, obviously the head coach of Clemson, uh, said because his player was ejected for punching a Cardinal player in the helmet on Saturday, quote, the team flew back and he rode the bus to Clemson on our manager bus. Sweeney told the Greensville News, this is where it started, the rest we will handle in-house here. Uh, is somebody out of line here for for this playing out the way it played out? Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, unless Dabo talked with the kids' parents, unless this was like a written rule at the beginning of the year, like everybody knows, you get ejected, then you just don't ride. And and, and but every if everybody's aware. Of this, because I don't think anything's come out that okay. These are the set rules. Everybody knows that if this happens, you get ejected. Yada yada yada. Okay, I can understand because then everybody knows. But if this was one of these, I was just that upset that I make you, I made you ride home on a bus, and I get it. Dabbles with these young men all the time. They're like his his children, extension of of his church. I get all of that, but even my child. I wouldn't then put him on a separate bus or something else because I don't know what's going to happen on that separate bus. I want him with me so then I can talk to him and let him know while we're on the plane. Hey, young man, come up here and sit with me and we're going to talk about some things. I'm not going to put him on a damn bus. And if the kid's parent didn't know about that, shame on Dabo Sweeney. Shame on him. He should have never. Some, if something would have went wrong on that bus, Dabo wouldn't have been able to live with himself, and he wouldn't have got another job, period. So, so but he, I don't know the bad yeah, story. Yeah, so here was my yeah. – because I agree. Is, uh, generally, I like it when people have an understanding of, of the ground rules. Exactly. Right? Like like you're saying, like, hey, if you do this. It's also a rare situation. He, You know, player punches somebody and gets ejected from a game. And, and Dabo was very complimentary of the player um, after the game, saying mm-hmm. he was very remorseful. He, here's the, When I first read the headline, mm-hmm. I was upset by it because I thought that's pretty stupid. So it's a seven hour drive mm-hmm. from Louisville back to Clemson. Um, it's probably like an hour and a half flight, you know, whatever. So it's a long bus ride. It's mm-hmm. a seven hour bus ride. If he had stuck him on a bus, just any old bus, mm-hmm. I would be pretty upset about it. Mm-hmm. I'd say absolutely not. He rode with the team. It was the team bus with the team managers, with the team equipment people. They all are on the bus together. It's a Clemson bus. So there's nobody outside of Clemson people on the bus. It's just a Clemson bus. And if you have, if you know how college football works, the team flies on a plane. Generally, like Vanderbilt actually takes a bus to Ole Miss, I believe. I don't think mm-hmm. they fly to Ole Miss because it's a, like a three-and-a-half-hour drive. So they all ride on a bus. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's like an equipment bus, right, with team yeah. managers and video equipment and, and all kinds of it's stuff. It's just like a regular big bus, and it's right. probably be plush somewhat. But, but, but it is a Clemson-only mm-hmm. bus. It is not a civilian – let's call it a civilian bus. Mm-hmm. If he had been stuck on a civilian bus and told to ro- ride home – you know, with a bunch of people he don't he doesn't know on the way back to Clemson as a separate like you've been separated from the team, I would have been pretty upset about it. Once I found out that it was sort of it was still a team bus, mm-hmm. 
and you're riding home with a bunch of Clemson people back to Clemson with your Clemson teammates, just not players, mm-hmm. I didn't have as big a problem with it. Once I found out that it was still a team bus, right? Like, I'm not as worried about what what will happen on the bus because you're with other I'm still other worried people. about what happened. Did he do that to, to what you call it, last year for getting, you know, pop for PDs? Because essentially that hurt you last year. I mean, it didn't hurt you. In that, yeah, I mean, with that's the, fair. With the respect. Fair. It didn't hurt you. They still won a national championship. But your best, one of your best defensive player, if not your best defense player, I don't think they were allowed to travel play. with the team, right? The two guys no, that got suspended. I, I don't think they were allowed they to travel. Did they not travel? I, I think that was that's part I of their. They travel with the team. It was Dexter Lawrence, right? It was Lawrence, and then, Lawrence, and then like yeah. an, a backup offensive lineman. Yeah. I think. You know what I always find amazing? Uh-huh. Uh, the, like uh, of all the things that we just discussed with this story, it still baffles me that a football player will throw a punch <laughs> yeah. with a yeah, fist that, and yeah. a face mask and a helmet where 100 out of 100 times the helmet and the face mask will beat the fist. Yeah. I think it's just a neck. I think it's just a reaction. Um and you It is pretty in, silly. In, in the midst of, yeah, it is silly. In the midst of that I if you throw a punch, I don't I don't condone with throwing punches, but if if that does happen in the heat of a moment, open your hand. Don't do it with yeah, close. I, yeah. I think you. I think you a are seeing. Fist, yeah, I think you do see Open more people hands. do the, it's like the slap. The slap than exactly. they do that. So, because um, you won't win. Clemson tight end uh, Braden Galloway. What a jerk. Uh, oh offensive goodness. lineman uh, Zach Gaella and defensive tackle Dexter Lawrence um, were not available for either of the playoff games, but mm-hmm. did travel to Santa Clara for the Alabama Clemson game uh, with the team later this week. And so they, I get, that's, I that's a quote you, from the they AD flew, They flew then. on a plane, and that's what we talk well, about. Different a, rules for different well, fools. Well, a, a bus ride from San Francisco to Clemson is a lot farther. But than I know. I know. But <laughs> different rules for different fools. Had that been one of your marquee players, had that been Higgins, uh, would he have made Higgins ride home on the bus? Probably not. He would have talked to the young man on the plane. Does this qualify as the wussification, though, Nick? 100%. No, I don't think it does. I, I mean, I mean I, complaining about a guy riding on a bus for seven hours. Yeah, with, I, yeah I think no, so. I, I don't think it's it's that's wussification. I think that's being a smart. Co- Listen, even back in the day, they didn't send a guy on the bus. You rode on the plane, and the head coach but, probably but talked here, to you. Here, here's how Dabo. Here's how Dabo sells it to the kid. You let your team down today. He didn't let his team down. That's how he sells it as the coach. Well, I'm not believing you. That were, as a you, you let your emotions get the best of you. You were selfish. Dabble, you took it upon him, yourself. But I could say, and then Dabble, you let the yeah, team you're down. You're right. But then I could say, Dabo, you let your emotions get the best of you too, because you made my son ride home on the bus. As a parent, if the okay, I think we all view it differently yeah, as the parent. If the parent didn't, if the parent knew, and the parents was like, okay. Then it's, you're right. Then you're okay then with we it. Can't, I can't say. Yeah, yeah. I can't it's, say it's anything like, about it. This is the old like you can't be more offended than the victim. Absolutely right. Like my, my stance on most, you know, uh, uh, people that are offended by things. Right, mm-hmm. something happens in, in in a sport and everyone gets outraged about mm-hmm. it. But if the guy it happens to, the victim of the issue, is like it's no big deal, mm-hmm. then you don't have a right to be more offended exactly. than the guy. Who, so if the parent says, actually, I, I'm glad you did uh, that, Coach. I, then I, I'm like, okay, then, fine. Then it's whatever, he I, got the okay from the parents. I can't say anything about it. There, but if they didn't, right. I got a problem with There's that. There's also, and that's the same thing with you know Pruitt grabbing the face mask, right? Mm-hmm. Or Jimbo Fisher grabbing the face mask. If I'm the parent of the player that Jimbo Fisher grabbed the face mask, I'm probably a little... Like, hey, coach, like, let's not jerk my kid around by the face mask in the middle of a game. Like, let's not. You're 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 a multimillionaire head coach who's like in his sixties. You should be more mature than that. I, I understand, that. and I think Jeremy. I think that's why Jeremy Pruitt actually stopped himself 
in the moment. I think he was reaching up there to really grab on the face mask, and then he realized he was on national TV and and held back a little bit. Uh, I'm just here. There's another question to be asked here, and I'm curious what you guys think as parents, Derek, as 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 somebody who's got older kids. You know, I, I think parents are too involved in a lot of processes right now, like especially education. Right, teachers need to be the ones. Like, because right now we've got this problem where. A kid doesn't get what he wants in school, and he goes to his parents, and then his parents rip on the teacher, right? Mm-hmm. And they get, and, and the, and then the, you know, the parent is dictating what takes place in the classroom, whereas the te- that's the teacher's territory, right? Like the teacher, a good teacher, should be trusted to handle these situations with their students. Like, oh, I got an F on a test, and then the parent goes and yells at the teacher instead of disciplining the child, right? Like, it, it, there is an element of sometimes you have to just let the coach be the head coach if you trust him to have the player's best interest at heart, and some coaches don't. And some coaches do. All right, coming up next, a very simple question surrounding two players, Ryan Tannehill, Kyle Turris. We will explain after this.